good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. I have a confession to make. In the preparation of this talk, I committed a spiritual felony. (laughs) I pulled the daily word out and I flipped to July 4th. That's right, I looked ahead in the daily word. (laughs) I have no idea what the ramifications are for this, but I'm going to read it to you so you're in on it now. And we're just going to hope that Reverend James doesn't hear about it. (laughs) So the Daily Word said this about freedom, because obviously that's why I was looking it up, right? Okay, so it says, living as the divine being I am is the sweetest freedom. Today I celebrate my spiritual freedom. The past has no power over me and the future is mine to co-create with God. I let go of all that holds me back from living a full and abundant life. This is a new beginning. My prayers affirm my worth and my freedom. I release thoughts and beliefs that bind me. Centered in God, I choose how I will meet life's circumstances. I am freed from seeking the approval or acceptance of others. I am free to be myself. My spiritual self is as infinite as the sky. Like an eagle, I soar through the expanse of consciousness. I have the power to change my thinking, release limitations, and rise above the clouds of circumstance. I am gloriously free. Right, and that pretty much covers it, right? (laughs) But I've had a few weeks to think about this, and I've, I've had a few weeks to think about freedom, and I realized that we use the word very easily, but it's actually a lot more complicated than we think. And I thought, well, no, complicated isn't really the right word either. But for those of us who were born and reared in the United States, the idea of of freedom and living in a free country is just part of our DNA. It's it's, it's part of who we are. It's just a part of our consciousness. And unless we're activists or politicians, you know, people who are really involved in things at that level, we pretty much just get on with life. And then there's that idea that some people in America have, and I'm afraid more of us do than not, is that we tend to think we're the only free country in the world. I mean, we're a little self-centered sometimes. <laughs> there's a lot of free, free countries in the world. And it's so obviously you can tell I gave this topic a lot of, of thought. And of course, a lot of that was because, you know, Independence Day is on Tuesday. But it really got me to thinking about what freedom actually is. 
Now, we hear stories from people like Nelson Mandela and Mahatma Gandhi who are actually in prison, and they tell their story of how they found their emotional uh, you know, and spiritual freedom during those times of incarceration. And they're really dramatic stories, and they deliver a wonderful message. That our, and the message that it delivers is that our freedom lies wholly within our consciousness. But unless you have really been there, physically restricted, not able to exercise your free will, how real is that message to you? And we can try to imagine, but if, you have, if no, one, no one has been in prison or enslaved or human trafficked or lived in a country where you could simply go to jail by saying some, some of the things that we just don't even think about saying, we really can't even get close to understanding what that's like. It's just not there for us. Okay, so that's the broader view of, of freedom. But there's also that personal and spiritual freedom that the Daily Word is talking about. And so, since so many of us take the general idea of freedom for granted, we might not really appreciate how we tie ourselves up in knots or how we can discover freedom for ourselves from our knots. The discovery process is essential to our growth. And this came up in a conversation last week. I mentioned that I had known a person at one point who grew up in unity and had, quote, the advantage of being exposed to this way of thinking all their lives. And yet they were one of the most angry, resentful people that I had ever known. Now, of course, we just, you know, those of us who have come into it later, it's, we, for this is sort of magical, and it's like, why wouldn't you use this? Why wouldn't it work for you? And my, my take on it was that this person was immersed in the teaching from the beginning and they didn't have a, a perspective of something different. And somehow it wasn't working for them. They didn't know the difference. And someone else in the, in the conversation said, right, because they never had a chance to discover that change of consciousness for themselves. And that change of consciousness is what has a direct effect on your life. I'd say the majority of people in this room probably came here at some point in their life, right? They didn't grow up with it. And we hear, hear the stories of someone saying, I put my foot into the courtyard and I was in tears. I knew I was home. Or, you know, there's that, that, that discovery. You uncover something. And I, I have lots of conversations with people, obviously, and one of the coolest things that happens when I'm talking to somebody is when they'll say something like, guess what? You know that thing we were talking about the other day? Well, I was just in my garden working along and suddenly I saw the answer. Or they'll say, that book I read three years ago, now it makes sense. <laughs> Or they'll come out and say, I finally decided to really focus on what I wanted, and it worked. That moment of discovery, those personal moments of discovery, it's when we discover something for ourselves, that's when we get it. We understand it. We can integrate it and make it a part of us. As long as, you know, someone can yammer at you all day long, but until it becomes your experience, it's not your experience. So again, I will say that self-discovery is essential to our spiritual growth. It's that aha moment that transmutes an idea from intellectual thought to knowing. 
And then the next step is that knowing becomes being. So what do you need to, what do you need to feel free? What does free mean to you? Okay, so for those of us who take freedom for granted, I think this is a fairly important question. And so I started to do my own inventory. And I imagine that this is what Mandela and did when he, you know, when he was coming to his understanding of what freedom really meant to him. So I just started kind of at the beginning, and it's like for me, well, everyday freedom is being able to set my own schedule not have to work a rigid work schedule that requires me to be in the same place at the same time every single day. And it means having a job that allows me to do my job without a lot of oversight, or any. <laughs> you know, I came into uh, doing WOW as an intern. And after a couple of years, Elaine started saying, well, I think maybe we should pay you now. Because I guess you're not supposed to be an intern forever. <laughs> Who knew? My response was, yeah, but if you pay me, you can tell me what to do. <laughs> and we would laugh, and we would go back to our, our respective offices. And then they finally actually gave me a title. Um, and, and there you go. But flexibilities were, were, flexibility is part of being a minister, and so that works for me. And while that flexibility is of utmost importance to me, you might be the kind of person who needs a lot of structure. You might need to know what to expect every day. And oddly, if you're that kind of person and you're in a situation where you don't have that structure, you might not feel free because of the stress it would cause you. It's so individual. Some people see freedom as being able to travel to far-flung destinations as often as they want. Others see it as having time to be alone in the backyard with the hydrangeas and the butterflies. What we don't talk about as much is the fact that wherever you go, whatever you do, there you are. Yeah. Meaning that our land, internal landscape never leaves us. We carry it around everywhere. And we can be held captive by that landscape. We might feel like we have all of the material freedom in the world, but if we are tied up inside by negative thoughts and emotions, we could travel to the moon and still be stuck in the middle of the situation. So what are these things that get in our way? This beautiful song that uh, Anne and Kayla just sang, List them, anger, weariness, I love this line, lies and delusions, secrets, fear, and then I would add in regret and grief, and of course the list could go on. And there's many ways that we create that mental and emotional prison for ourselves. And each one of you, you are the only person who can determine what that is for you. When we read the daily word and proclaim, I release thoughts and beliefs that bind me. It can be very helpful to know what those thoughts and beliefs are. Identifying them allows you to acknowledge and process them and finally release them. And that's one of the reasons we teach the quantum living training here is because that is a structured way to do that. But we can do it in our personal lives as well. Letting go seems to be so easy. Everywhere you go, right? Let go, let God, let go, let God. And it's like, no, I'm taking that back. 
I've let go. No, I'm taking it back. <laughs> you know, because we have all had experiences that cut to our core. And sometimes we get stuck in that moment. You know, and it's not unusual for someone to discover that something that happened 20 or 30 years ago is still running in the background for them, and perhaps even running them. And I will tell you, this is a personal story that I wasn't sure I was going to tell. But I've, I've done a lot of work on my stuff. I was in therapy at 19, and in 1968, that was kind of a big deal. Um, and I came into Unity at the age of 25. So there's a lot of practice under my belt. And yet, just last week, I was assaulted by a very deep, old, emotional wound. And the only thing that, the, the only trigger that was necessary was a text with a photograph and one sentence. It threw me completely off balance, and I actually had to take a couple of days to gain, regain my equilibrium, to the point where, like, Patty needed to talk to me about something, and I said, I can't talk on the phone today. This stuff just came roaring up into my consciousness, and at first it really did feel like an emotional assault. But I went with it, and I let myself feel awful. And I took stock of everything that came up and made a mental list of it. I couldn't write it down, but I made a mental list of it. And those were two very, very difficult days. But I chose not to reject the experience because I knew if I didn't do it now, it was just going to come back. And yes, I meditated and I prayed, but I wasn't asking for it to be taken away. I looked at it head on. And you know what happened? On the third or fourth day, I don't remember, I woke up and it was gone. The storm was gone. Obviously, the awareness was there, but all of the emotional angst was gone. It was like a fever had broken. And I do have a plaque on my desk that, at home that says, sometimes God calms the storm. Sometimes God lets the storm rage and calms the child. And both of those ways work if you're paying attention and if you're going with it, if you're working with it. I am now free from the emotional chains that bound me to something that happened so very long ago, and I cannot tell you how wonderful that feels. It's just gone. Was it fun? No. Was it easy? No. Was it worth it? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, you may be wondering if I engaged in a round of forgiveness. I'm going to forgive those people. I don't do that anymore, and here's why. There's an obscure book that may actually even be out of print now. It's called Oneness. And if you're looking for it, it's got a blue cover. It's a channeled book, and it has some really interesting ideas in it. Now, if we're talking about forgiveness, the whole idea is to take that experience and learn from it and move on. That's what forgiveness really is. But what, and, and so what this book said is if you want to disengage, which is a technically what you're trying to do, if you want to uh, disengage, don't forgive, because the minute you start to forgive something, you're going back, right back and engaging in that situation. It's like, wow. Forgiving actually can take you back to and re-engage you. And that kind of broke my mind. So then I started working with that, and I, I read this years ago, and here's what I decided to do with it. I decided to stop forgiving other people 
And instead, I started forgiving myself for my part in the situation. I didn't go into, oh, I created this bad metaphysician, you know, that whole thing. I didn't do that. It was just like, no matter what's going on, I have a part in it, whether I helped create it or not, it's happening with me, so I have a part in it. And so I started forgiving myself for my part in the situation. And amazingly, when I do that, there's nothing else to forgive because I've let go of it. Because I think in many ways, we're, we're, we're beating ourselves up. Now, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not re-engaging takes a lot of practice. And my success rate is not something I record. <laughs> but when it works, the emotional and spiritual freedom it brings is such a gift. Life is better. It's easier when we're not carrying all that weight and being angry and defensive and afraid. Daily Word also affirmed, Living as the divine being I am is the sweetest freedom. Today, I celebrate my spiritual freedom. The past has no power over me, and the future is mine to co-create with God. Now, that story I just told is a perfect example of what that is saying. Things happen in the past. I still know they happened, but neither the people involved or the experience have any power over me anymore. And see, until last week or the week before, I didn't even realize I was still giving power to the people in that circumstances. I thought I'd put it behind me. Not in an arrogant way, it was just like, okay, you know, that's, that's done. But once it was shown to me, that power that was running underneath dissipated. Now, emotional and spiritual freedom are interconnected. And I don't think that's even the right word because when you become emotionally free, your spiritual freedom surfaces and, and maybe when you have a spiritual experience, your emotional, you become more emotionally free. So they're, they're just, it, it's one thing. It's just depending on what direction you're going. And so it's easy to take the idea of freedom for granted until you realize that your real freedom comes from within. And that's the story that Nelson Mandela and some of the others tell. They changed their thinking. And today, I have tried to make that a more personal story, something that's more relatable, that you can use. Now, usually I start any, anything with, you know, looking up the primary words I'm using, and I usually start the talk with that. I looked up what Charles Fillmore had to say in The Revealing Word About Freedom. And he says, the quality or state of being without thought or restraint or bondage, limitation or oppression, having a sense of complete well-being, it is a result of the regulating of one's life according to principle, not according to what anyone else may think or say. A sense of complete well-being. What a beautiful way to express that quality of life. Can you expect to feel like that all the time? I'm pretty sure the answer to that is no. But you can learn to recognize and appreciate those moments of complete well-being, of being free. And you can also recognize when you don't feel it. And when that happens, you can go on your voyage of discovery. Seek what you are holding 
that keeps you stuck and then find ways to let it go. And you don't do it out of a sense of guilt or shame, but because that voyage of discovery leads you to uncover your true divine self. Please remember you are an individual, unique expression of the one true source. And the more of you that you uncover and recognize, the freer you will be, the freer you will feel. So what is freedom? Freedom is discovering and embracing your spiritual self and then letting it ring out into the world. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center